Good morning. 10 minutes to change your mind. I want to welcome all our returning listeners and a special welcome to all you new listeners. My name is Carl Schilling, and I'm your host and facilitator in what I believe is a journey to maximize the power of your creative mind. Uh, this morning, you know, I have a wonderful guest uh, for, our, for, for our Thought Leaders series. But before we get started, in his book, The Referral of a Lifetime, Tim Templeton tells us everyone knows 250 people. So I want to challenge you to share 10 minutes to change your mind with everyone you know. Just tell them they can find us on Spotify, Anchor, or Google. Uh, we're now also at Apple, okay? And you'll be helping me with this mission of bringing the power of the creative mind to everyone. So thank you for that. Now, this morning, very excited, I have with me uh, Jamie Prickett, who is the CEO and founder of Experior Financial, which for those who may or may not know, is a tremendous story that originated out of Canada and is now, uh, you know, actively participating in the States as well. So good morning, Jamie. How are you? Good morning, Carl. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Yeah, I, I, I am too. So tell us, you know, tell our audience, let's go back uh, when Jamie first thought about becoming a financial services professional and how that all came about. Well, actually, I um, I started out right out of high school. I got into the uh, factory work and I was doing an apprenticeship for a machinist. And a friend of mine was training with another company kind of in the network marketing world of the insurance industry and was had his trainer call me to book in a meeting with me to share with me what he was doing. And I was now 21, three years working in the factory. I hated it. I always felt like I had this entrepreneurial spirit. And all they had to say to me was our company's expanding. We're looking for some people that want to go into business for themselves. And then I was I was hooked uh, 21 years of age. And now 21 years later, I'm I'm still hooked. <laughs> no, I know it is. It is fairly intoxicating. I always tell people when I was growing up that uh, basically I had this, and 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 people misidentified this. But I I felt like I was in prison. Like if I was in school, I felt like I was imprisoned. If I worked on a job, I felt like I was watching the clock and I was imprisoned. You know, and um, it wasn't laziness. It, you know, I think it was this. Uh, I think it was this. Um, this spirit, you know, this entrepreneurial spirit trying to jump out, you know, yeah. this, this, this freedom. Uh, so, so shit, you know, you know, everybody's fearful. I'll tell you, this is the thing that I think most people need to break through. They're so fearful of giving up security because yeah. they, 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 they tend to find that they'll exchange the time for pay and it gives them that security. Right. So yeah. share with everyone. Cause you did that. You broke away from that very young. Uh, most yeah. people have trouble with that. So share yeah, a little and- about that. Yeah, and I wasn't a typical 21-year-old. Um, I was already uh, married, had my first child, already owned my first home. So it wasn't like I was living at home in my parents' basement and I had this you know, cushion of money to, to keep me afloat. But I knew that um, when I went into that factory every day, one thing that really resonated with me is that I looked at some of the guys that were there for 20, 30, some for 40 years, and they weren't happy, right? They weren't living out their dreams. And I thought that if I don't do something different, how am I going to be any different than them in 20, 30, 40 years from now? So that was something that constantly went through my mind. And it only took me a month after uh, joining this company at the time uh, to quit my job. And I just never looked back. And one thing that people thought I was crazy at the time, Carl, was that I only had three months left to complete my apprenticeship. But at the time in Canada to get in the insurance business, the law was that you had to do it full time. So I had a choice to make. Do I activate my license so I can at least continue with my apprenticeship and get that license under my belt? 
or do I activate my insurance license and then give up the machining? And I chose to give up the machining completely. Everyone thought I was crazy with only three months left of the apprenticeship, but I didn't want to have anything to fall back on. And I think too many people have a plan B to fall back on. And I knew that I had to have this thing be my everything if I want to make it work. No, that's a great point. You know, we always talk about burn the bridges. Yeah. You know, so you got no retreat. Um, but, you know, in, 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 and it's a great story, but, you know, expand upon, I think, the mindset of, uh, well, first of all, 21-year-old way ahead of the curve. You know, most are not considering what you were. But how did your vision then kind of escalate and where where did that all start? How did you put that in your mind and how did you hold that thought? Well, when I when I was going through high school, I got really big into wrestling. And, um, you know, I remember my, my wrestling coach would tell us that you need to eat, sleep and crap wrestling wrestling had to be everything in your mind. So when I went into business, I had that same attitude. I got to eat, sleep and breathe this if I want to be successful at it. And that was, that was all it was. It, you know, I didn't have any special talents. I wasn't, you know, excelling in anything academically like yourself. I didn't like school. I always looking at the clock, same with at the job, always looking at the clock. Now I look at the clock and it's like, holy crap, where'd the day go? Because when you enjoy what you do, the days just move forward for you. Right. Um, but I think the mindset was, Right off the bat, I got into self-improvement, which I'd never done before. The only self-improvement I had was really my coaches in, in wrestling, which did a great job of molding me to some degree. But then I started reading books by John Maxwell and Napoleon Hill and a lot of the stuff that you often talk about on your podcast, Carl. And that really helped me solidify in my mind that it's not going to be an easy road, but it's a road that many people have traveled before. And if they could have success, then why not me? No, great. Talk, I, I think, too, for people, just so they know that, the, you know, so many people think that, uh, you know, I wrote a white paper on the fact about the three myths about money and, you know, and and, and they all tied to, you know, getting rich quick, uh, overnight success, you know, and, and uh, even now today, you see a lot of people talk about um, the law of attraction, yeah. you know, and, and everything we discuss, but they, they, they sort of bastardize it because they make it sound like, uh, you know, you snap your fingers, uh, you put a thought in your mind and you manifest, uh, this wonderful stuff. Yeah. So, so tell me about some of the struggles because the struggles really are what grow the garden and made things worth coming forward manifesting. Yeah. Well, for me, the biggest struggle was I was in this uh, same company that I'd left the machining world to join. And I was there for 10 years. And I really, I, I say I drank the Kool-Aid. I really believed that I could be successful there. And I had some success, but, you know, after 10 years, no longer had my house, right. Had three more children, right. Life's pretty expensive. We, we my wife and I were struggling financially and we realized that we had to make a change, but we didn't change to, to quit. Let's see. A lot of people would have quit we just looked at other opportunities. We looked at what other avenues are there that we can continue the work that we're doing because we really enjoyed it. But where can we do it where we're going to be more at, you know, in a place that's going to be conducive of what, what we want to achieve as far as our goals go. But as far as the challenges, I mean, you know, I, I talked about it in my book, Carl, about, you know, I remember not being able to put gas in the car and, you know, getting in fights with my wife about the groceries. And, you know, she went over the budget by $10 this week. What are you crazy? How, how come we're buying name brand ketchup when you can get the no name for next to nothing and, you know, silly things like that. But I think that's all a part of the process and what makes winning so much more enjoyable is the fact that we went through those challenges. You know, I, I think that if more people understood that three quarters of the millionaires today in this world 
are first time millionaires. They don't come from a background of money. They don't come from, you know, mom and dad were rich or my grandparents were rich. You know, they don't have a last name that everyone's heard about. 75% of all millionaires today are self-made. Um, they did it themselves. So I think that speaks volumes to what people can achieve if they put their mind to something. Well, tell us a little bit about your book. Go ahead. Uh, you know, here's a plug for you. Go ahead. Tell us about your book. What's the title and, and how sure. did that come about? I appreciate it. It's called You Can't Fall Off the Floor. And it was actually from a speech that I heard many years ago when I was on the floor. And someone said, the good news about being on the floor is you can't fall off of it, right? And at the time, I'm thinking, yeah, I could dig a hole right through this thing because <laughs> you know, I was in such a hurt. Uh, but I really did that book uh, for a lot of agents in our company because so many people heard bits and pieces of our story, but they didn't see the whole thing, how it unfolded, um, you know, over the last eight and a half years that we've been building Exterior. But um, the book is really for someone that wants to hear stories of struggles to triumphs, people that have went through some dark times that that came out on the other side and, you know, with all their limbs attached and ready to rock and roll. Um, that's that's really what it's about. Well, that's great. Where can people get your book? Just so we know. Um, it's on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. I think okay. Yeah, Amazon's probably the best bet. Um, it's it's also available in audio. You might get sick of my voice after a while because uh, I'm I I did the audible, and then um, it's also available now in Spanish. Great, great, great. Now uh, let's look at Exterior because now all of a sudden you've come, um, you know, you've you you've come out of the uh, out of the weeds in the garden, as I always like to say, you know, and people clean out the weeds in the mind, and they 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 get a fertile garden going. And now the uh, success has started to manifest, right? And it's 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 going. So tell us more about that because I personally, I think uh, I'll share this with everybody. I think what you've done in this industry is magnificent because um, one, I could tell you right now, we know you have an open mind. Um, too many people in this industry don't. Yeah. So um, when you when I look at what you do with your tribread, and I'm going to let you explain all that, but I, I think that you are a pioneer, actually a trailblazer. And I think the reason for your success is because of this, uh, this, the way you saw this and the way you put it together. So let me stop and let you go on about that. Please. Yeah, for sure. One thing I was really good at in high school was copying other people, right? And uh, what I found out is in business, there's so many great ideas floating around. You just have to capitalize on them. So we started looking at what did the career agencies do good? What did the network marketing agencies do? What did the, the independent agencies do? What did they do good? And we just stole all those ideas or borrowed all those ideas, put it together into what we now call the tribrid, bringing the best of three models together. And to me, it seemed like such common sense. What I didn't know and what was going to be very uncommon as we started to grow was that I would really need to seek out the minds of others. And I would really have to learn from other people that have been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, um, that have had success in these different worlds that I was never a part of. I was only a part of the network marketing world. So I really sucked the information as much as I could from everyone around me. And to this day, even when I'm interviewing someone, if they come from an agency that's had some success, I'm always asking them, tell me, what do they do good? What, what, what do you like about that company? What don't you like about them? And I'm always trying to find more information so that we can continue to hone our company to create the ultimate uh, financial services company out there. And share with the listeners a little bit about the numbers. You know, you know, look, you got to have a scoreboard and a little bit of bragging, right? I mean, where you came yeah. from and where you are now, you know, what do those numbers look like? Yeah, well, where, where I came from in, in my 10 years combined, 
um, we ended up building a, a team there with 27 licensed agents. And I did probably a little less than a million dollars in premium over that 10 year span and for just over $4 million in investments. Um, now we're doing a million in premium every one and a half to two weeks. So what, what took me 10 years, we're now doing every week and a half or so. Um, and same with the investment side, you know, we're doing now every week and a half to two weeks, what took me 10 years combined to do at my former company. And we've got just approaching 2,100 licensed agents now um, all over North America and every state and every province. And it's not because I'm so good. It's because I, I've managed to attract like-minded people that want to go out there and change the world and make it a better place. You know, they want to, they want to go impact people's lives. And, and that's, that's what we've, you know, had a lot of success doing is attracting those folks that have a like mind um, to, to ourselves. Yeah, I can, I can attest. It's great. I, I love everything you've done. Um, in, in closing, as I always do, um, I always like to get our guests to share a little bit about themselves. So uh, for, for, um, for dinner guests, who, uh, if you had your choice, uh, anybody in the world, four people you'd like to have dinner with? Oh, that's, a, that's, that's a great question. Um, one of them would be Jesus Christ. I think that would be pretty amazing. Um, he's my Lord and Savior, so I think that would be amazing. Um, I would also like to, um, the founder of the company I came from, a guy named Art Williams, uh, got in the industry in 1967. He's in his 80s now. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for what he built in the 70s and 80s uh, with his organization, which ultimately became the largest distributor of insurance products in, in North America at that time. Um, so he would definitely be one. And I would have to, I would have to go with um, Michael Jordan because um, I'd, I'd love to get inside his mind. Um, not only has he had tremendous success, and I believe he's the greatest of all time in, in the basketball world, but also um, as a business owner, right? Um, he's now got a net worth of some $2 billion. And um, man, that's a tough one, Carl. You put me on the spot here. Uh, and the fourth one, uh, Gretzky, come on. You get, I, you, you probably Gretzky. would have been with Gretzky, right? I you know, mean, he would, he, oh, he's up there. He's going to be, you know, <laughs> right? I know I'm Canadian, eh? but uh, I'm, I'm more of a basketball fan than I am a hockey fan. But yeah, Gretzky would definitely be up there as one of the greatest of all time. You know, it's funny when you talk about different sports, there's debates over who's the GOAT. But when it comes to hockey, there's really no debate. It'd be Gretzky. So yeah, that's that'd be a good choice. Well, not only hockey, not only hockey, no one has ever dominated a particular sport. Yeah, as dominantly as Gretzky dominated hockey. And yeah, so absolutely. so he's the go to the goat, honestly. Yeah. you know, and he grew up 30, 30 minutes from where I live. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I I, uh, I had a really good uh, friend and a really good mentor, uh, Dr. Win Wenger, and 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 Dr. Wenger used to do some really incredible stuff. Um, one thing he had was called Borrow Genius, where you could actually hack, you know, brain hack. You know, because Wynn believed that everyone's born a genius. It's just that people don't tap into it, right? But you could brain hack, you know, so, and it was great. Some of the stuff he did. So I, I, I would like to challenge you and ask you, if you had to brain hack one mind, you know, throughout history or the one mind you feel like you could get into that would really change everything for you, who would that, who would that mind be? Who would that be? Oh, <sighs> See, we ask tough questions here, Jamie. We don't uh, we don't play around. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You, you're gonna have to pause the audio for me for a second. <laughs> um, one mind to tap into. I I would again. I would have to go back to the one of the guys I would have dinner with, and that'd be Art Williams. Okay. 
no, that's great. That's a great mind. Um, and lastly, lastly, this is this is I think pretty uh, pretty interesting for people like yourself who who really have done magnificent stuff by expanding their mind and using the power of their mind. Um, what would you like to be remembered for? Um, making a difference um, in people's lives, you know, not just financially, but also maybe in their relationships. They maybe they learn from my wife and I, for example, we have a date night every week and some of our agents know that they can't get a hold of me at 5 p.m. on Wednesdays because Jamie's off on date night and just little things like that. But I think we want to set a good example for people to not only be successful in their finances and their business, but help them become all around better people, parents, spouses, friends of others. Um, so I'd like to be remembered as, you know, this guy made a difference in someone's life. Well, that's great. And listen, you are a thought leader. There's no doubt about it. Um, how can our listeners find you? Where where would they where would you like them to find you? Um, Facebook's probably the biggest one for me. Um, I'm I'm a little bit older, I guess, than than some of the young cats are doing the TikToks and the Instagrams, but I'm more of a Facebook guy and also LinkedIn, of course. Um, I love connecting with people over LinkedIn. Okay. Well, thank you so much this morning. Uh, Jamie Prickett has been with us and and has really kind of helped us all, I think, see how you can go from um, where you start, where you want to be, and ultimately where you end up. Okay. So thanks again, Jamie. I really appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks, Carl. Oh, I just got it.